people see you as the guy who always gets his man. Now, you're becoming the guy who tears up his quarters and sits alone in the rubble. And no one's gonna wanna place bets on how long someone's gonna sit around in the dark. Well, said my piece, sorry for putting it. But I'm just looking out for my business. Funny. For a minute there, I thought you were talking to me as a friend. Yeah. Well, hello and welcome to Tarek Noir. My name is Joe and I'm here in person with my brother Matthew. And we're here every week to recap Star Trek Deep Space Nine. If you'd like to follow us on the promenade, then be sure to follow at Tarek Noir on Twitter to see our latest polls, memes, and other ridiculous tweets. Today we are talking about Season 4, Episode 12, Crossfire. The episode was written by Renee Echevarria and it was directed by Les Landau. So, Matthew, have you ever found yourself being the bodyguard for the man who is in love with the same woman that you're in love with, but you don't have the confidence to just tell her that you're in love with her because you feel like it's silly for a changeling to have feelings for someone else, much less a solid, much less your coworker. So you just bottle up your feelings until you nearly kill the woman you love, the man you're supposed to be protecting, and yourself? Those records were supposed to be sealed. They are not. I have unsealed them. ha 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 ha. Uh, no. Listen, even in my worst day, I, I've never been That's That down bad? I've never been down this bad. Odo is the most down bad that anyone has ever bad downed. Odo is down, down, bad, bad. Down, 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 down. Um, it's, it's kind of really, it's, it's really, really rough to watch him. Because at every turn, it's just like... The like the wah, 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 wah music should be playing every single time we see him. It's the sad Charlie Brown music as he walks behind Kira and Shakar as they're flirting and about to kiss. It's the loser music on President. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Exactly. Just constantly throughout the entire episode. Uh, my favorite sounds in all of Star Wars was when they're like, it's in the first one, A New Hope the first one yeah 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 um and they're like going through the death star and they like have to turn stuff off yeah and so they're turning off obi-wan is turning off like the shield something somewhere it's all and i just i just feel that happening to odo like like it just like like if they had the budget really to make this episode work they should have had odo just like actually melting like there's no way there's no way that like he can hold his form after taking this many L's like no he's just like his face should have just been perpetually sweating like the Jordan Peele gif of just like the profusely sweating that should have just been him the entire time I feel like uh he's like the portrait of Dorian Gray like where you should really be able to see like looking at him what's going on inside inside yeah yeah um, I mean, it's it's very plainly on his face, his very expressionless, uh, Gumby-ass face, that he's having a rough time. Well, they had at one point, he's like, he's 
thrashing stuff around and then he gets down and his hair's a mess. Okay, I would like to talk about that because that little moment with his little emo strand of hair <laughs> over his face, I was kind of digging that look. Like, it's very much like Spider-Man 3 when Peter Parker, when he gets, like, the Venom suit and he, all of a sudden he turns into, like... I don't know, emo sex crazed version of Peter Parker. And he's like dancing in jazz clubs and shit like that. Wearing black. Like that felt like that. That was Odo's venom moment. I have basically. no recollection of that. Is that the Tobey Maguire ones? Yeah. The Tobey Maguire ones. I, I put three so far out of my brain. I mean, that's valid. I think that's the right move, but it's, you've, you haven't seen the, the memes, the gifs. People, people were like, people have been huge advocates for three. Yeah. No, 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 not three, two. Too with Doc Ock, yeah, sure, everyone loves Doc that Ock, one. Not me. Oh, you're you're anti Doc Ock. I found that I found that movie to be boring and bad. I don't know. What really? Yeah. I have not seen it in years, so it. I'm not really going to stand gonna here sta- like in defense it. of it. I'm standing by it because why not? Sure. Yeah. I've been. Here's the thing. I've been a hater my whole life, and I'm going to trust. Yeah. I'm going to trust my hate takes. Okay, that's that's totally fine. Um, I've yeah, been, I've been wrong. Once. Times, some times, some number. Only once. What was the one time? One time, some number. Well, uh, <clears throat> I was very anti-reality TV, like very anti, and I yeah. think for good reason. Yeah. And people around me were all just like giving into reality TV. This is like 10, 15 years ago. When it, like now it's ubiquitous. Now everyone, I got reality TV on in my house. Like whatever. But like, there's a whole group of people who get together and watch Top Chef. And especially like the early seasons were very reality TV where it's like personalities, people being like all bitchy to each other. Now it's just like the biggest kumbaya. Let's just look at good food, which is fine. I like it. But we're watching the show and I was just hating on like the whole concept and like, oh, they're judging this and that. Also, um, you can look you can look through his receipts, but uh, they only like <laughs> historically on the broad scale, they've only liked food from a certain perspective. And not from really, uh huh, fascinating, uh huh, uh huh. And uh, some people blame Tom, and he should get his, but I blame Gail. I have no idea who these people are, but fuck Gail. Someone listening does. Okay, Um, fuck Gail. People, people really ride hard for Gail, and I'm like, Gail was an evil one from the beginning. But anyways, the host was Padma Lakshmi. Yeah, and I was just like, in hating on the show all the way, I went like a step too far, where I'm like. Like, like I, I thought that Pam Anderson wasn't hot, like, back in the day. So I'm like, she just looked like people, to me, people who look like a Barbie doll or just came out of whatever, like, okay, like, what, what am I looking at? This isn't like a human person. This is just someone who's built to be hot in all whatever ways. And I, I, I turned that same spirit of hater Asian towards Padma and I was like, is she really like that hot? She's just yes. got like these whatever. And and when I tell you I was incorrect for, <laughs> for no reason, I don't know why I was denying myself. Like if I'm going to be watching this show with people that I don't like, that I don't even talk to anymore, and I'm watching a show like that goes against my whole thing, why can't I just find like the one thing to hold on to, which is Padma? So the one time that you are wrong and all of your hater takes was that a universally recognized attractive woman is indeed actually attractive. The one time I was wrong was when I decided I didn't want to just objectify a woman. Okay, sure. Okay, buddy. Um, and, it, and it turned out that the world told me I should have. So 
but I was out there trying to fight the good fight and not objectify this beautiful woman and just see her as, as a beautiful thing and as an object. Okay, congratulations. Here's your feminist ally cookie. Thank you. Go go I'm enjoy so yourself. Um, I I also do not really care too much for reality TV. Um, but, however, a very, like, enjoyable exception to that rule is the ultimatum on Netflix, but specifically the queer ultimatum season. No, Do you, not are you familiar chance. with this show? I, I am familiar. Not okay. A Here, chance. The great that thing about it awful. The ultimatum, like the straight version, is like five couples, like so, like five or six couples, whatever the appropriate number that math works out of like you know six men, six women, and they all have to like divvy up. So the men are always going to end up with one of the other women, and all the women are going to end up with other the other men. But with in the queer season, it's just free for all. Like any of them could end up with any of them. It's so much that's more fun. That's not better. That's just more math. And also that's more not, mess. There's, there's nothing, it doesn't make anything better. It's more mess. It's more math. Okay, well, I don't have to do the math, so like, I don't give say, a like, fuck. You're saying like, oh, well, in, in this ultimatum, there's only this many pop- possibilities of people getting together. Whereas in if you put the word queer on it, now there's this many opportunities. And it's just more opportunities for the same thing. There's nothing different about the show. Uh, except for queer drama is much more enjoyable than straight I, drama. I don't think that any drama is enjoyable. So Okay, well, watch the queer ultimatum and, and we'll I, I see. I will not. I refuse. There's That's... not a chance. There's one good reality TV show. We both know what it is. There's two good reality TV Grand shows. Grand Designs. And it's Grand Designs. Yes. The other one's Alone, but it's Grand Designs and Alone. Yeah, I, like the great thing about Grand Designs is it's not like the classic like real world or like dating reality show it's just how much money are these two idiots gonna lose and how it's great how soon will they get divorced yeah how soon will they get divorced and how much money will they lose in the process so like you know all the american like like house shows like we all love like people love a house show yeah they're of course. all they're all like either i mean i guess they're most of the house shows are actually canadian but whatever like the north american house shows it's either people trying to buy a house, but they've already bought it, and they have to pretend, and it's just bad acting, right. yeah. and it's it's dumb, like we're looking at someone else buy a house because we're too broke, or it's yes. the like home makeover thing, where they fuck over poor people's lives to make their television show, right? Because yeah. they do like the worst possible work and yeah. all this. But yeah. this show, Grand Designs, is great because they're not doing any of it. He just shows up and looks, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's just like, so. Uh, so what you got uh, going much, on over here? How much do you think it's going to cost, and how soon do you think it's going to be done? It's going to cost this much. You sure about that? It's going to be done at this time. You okay. sure about that? <laughs> and then he comes by like four months later. He's like, "Yo, so what's up? Oh, nothing's got up, huh? Interesting." Yeah. Or they'll go by. They're like, "So," uh, and then at the very end, he's like. So how much did it end up costing? And it, I watched one the other day, and they're like, you just want to hear that you're right. And he's like, no, it's not that at all. And I'm like, okay. Well, well Come on, Kevin. It's, the entire show is just witnessing the endless amount of human hubris. <laughs> it's just seeing how far people will go in their own delusions. That, it's amazing. That, to me, is like the, the one, like, there's a lot of social studies that could be done through reality TV. I think it's actually, like, interesting in that way, but, like, one of them is is that every like the entrepreneur shows the restaurant shows or whatever it's always like the upper middle class like tyrant class you know the mm-hmm. we uh i successfully own like four car dealerships and so like all the petty tyrants and lords around the around the country are just like 
I've got this money. I've been successful before. Let's let's run a restaurant. Sure. Have you, uh, do you have any ex- restaurant experience? You. No. Have you ever like trained? No. You. Well, why do you think you do this? Well, I'm. I mean, I'm because successful, I, I guess. think I can. So you get these people who are like, "Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna project manage the the the, yeah. the building myself to save some money." And I'm like, that whatever that 30, 40, 60 grand, like hundred grand, I you're gonna lose that because you don't know how the fuck any of this shit works. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. Someone I, I just <laughs> some, so much someone fun. starts a house. And they're like, okay, we ran out of money, like like you said. So I'm just gonna like build it on my own. And so that like those are the ones where you have to like follow up six years later because usually like the episodes air like two two years after they started the project. But sometimes they don't finish in the two or three years before they start when they started the project. And so they'll come back like six years later and you'll see some guy with a wheelbarrow like mixing cement like with like a foot long beard (laughs) did you see did you see the one that was like like on a cliff the guy was trying to build a giant mansion yes he built the second house right next to it because uh like he needed to tell the like convince the bank that he is capable of building a house and then it's like 10 years later Dude shows up and Kevin shows up again, and it's like, oh, so it's just you. What 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 happened to your, your whole wife? Family. What happened to your daughters? Oh yeah, uh, they're all gone, <laughs> and so is the house because I can't even move into it. I lost it. <laughs> it just okay. If anyone hasn't seen that episode and like this past ten minutes has convinced you to watch Grand Designs, please look that up. Even though we've quote unquote spoiled the end. It's so much worse. It, Listen, it just watch, is so bad. Watch every episode you can. There's only so many that are streaming in the U.S. But if you have a yeah. VPN, you can figure out the rest. I need to. I need to get on that. But okay. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it on a publicly available podcast because I don't want to. I mean, the, you know, we're trying to get a VPN sponsorship. Oh, we're uh, trying to get a VPN. Uh, welcome okay. to Tarek Noir. We're presented by Shark Surf VPN. <laughs> Shark Surf. Uh, <laughs> I said scurf instead of surf. Okay. Um, there's no way to transition into talking about today's episode. So I'm just going to say, uh, hey, we're going to do a brief recap of today's episode and then uh, talk about what worked and didn't work. Uh, considering we've spent the past 10 minutes talking about a show that isn't this episode, that might give you an indication of how the two of us feel about, um, uh, you know, Sad Boy Odo Theater. So, in this week of uh, week's episode of Sad Boy Theater, Odo is in love, but unfortunately for him, his love is not returned. For Kira has her eyes set on another man, First Minister Shakar, because as we all know, Kira likes herself a powerful man. Shakar is... She does. She does. Uh, Shakar is visiting the station to participate in meetings relating to Bajor joining the Federation when Odo receives a tip that someone on the station is planning to assassinate Shakar. Odo leads the new beefed-up security detail, which puts him right in the middle of the budding romance between Shakar and Kira. Unfortunately, he lets his own feelings for Kira cloud his judgment and nearly gets the three of them killed. Thankfully, they survive, and more thankfully, Worf is more focused than Odo and manages himself to capture the would-be assassin. Odo, having wrestled with his feelings for Kira all episode long, decides against telling her of his feelings and instead shoves his feelings and emotions as far down as they will go like a real man should. 
Uh, Matthew. <laughs> yes, I, I shove all my feelings deep yeah. inside. And uh, then I pile some food on top Man expert on this episode, yeah. or on this podcast. Uh, can you verify that that is correct? Um, what works for you in this episode? Um, I think Come that, on, buddy. Just, let, let me, can I not just, you know, collect my breath? Okay. I'm just going to catch my breath. I was so excited to say to talk about it. I'm sure that you just had to, you know, quickly go back to that uh, browser window to pull up your notes. I had my browser window up. I just hadn't scrolled down far enough because I was reading along with your recap. Oh, thank you. Um, no, I think that the good thing in this episode is the development of of one relationship, but it's not the one that they want. It's the Quark Odo one. Yeah, it's significantly more fun. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great relationship. It's a great relationship. They work on it. You know, the cop and the bandit kind of working together always. It's, they have to pretend that they don't like each other, yeah. but it's very clear that they do. It's, I think Quark is more in touch with his real feelings than Odo is, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's, Quark knows Odo, is able to see Odo, and is able to, like, call out Odo's shit. But uh, Quark does so with sort of surprising compassion and understanding and care. Yeah, I mean, like, their relationship is Casablanca. It's Rick yeah. and the, the and whoever Rick's it is. Friend. And Rick's friend. I forget with what his mustache. name is. The mustachioed Claude Jean Rains. Um, that's Claude. That was, yeah, that's Claude Rains, right? Yeah. Yeah, Claude Rains. Um, what a great name. Claude Rains. You know, okay, so one of the, like... I don't, I mean, definitely for me as someone that like is very into chosen names, being trans, um, I very much celebrate the era of Hollywood producers being like, wait, your name is what bullshit bullshit? Okay, we're going to change that. We're going to give you something a little bit more exciting. We're going to name you Rock Hudson. We're going to name you Tom Cruise, whatever. Now, there is a lot of that that very much was rooted in anti-Semitism and racism. However... It's, it's a, <laughs> but it's, it's a very important part of, uh, of American development and, like, and the development of of whiteness within particular groups because well yeah we got to shave off like all the ethnic names from the old country like you came here with like it could be a stein or it also could be like uh you know like something german it could be something polish yeah like if we got a bunch of consonants at the end they're cutting those off you know like they're gonna make sure that it that you shed that old world personality and you're here in america baby we pretend we do pretend that is that is kind of our motto america we pretend um america we also pretend that we're the only america um but there were some great names in old hollywood anyways um yeah corconoto was a great part of this episode and probably the best part purse like for me um but yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it later. What works for me was Cisco. Okay, this didn't necessarily work. It was just kind of enjoyable to watch. But Cisco being excessively super chill about Odo fucking up on the job. Like, Odo almost killed the head of Bajor and also his first officer. And Cisco was like, oh, it was a personal matter? Say less! Say no more! I totally get it. We've all been there. We've all almost killed the head of Bajor because our head was stuck in the clouds. 
Listen, first off, Cisco was right. Second of all, he had just he's just Chris Rock in Rush Hour. Ain't nobody die. Exactly. Ain't nobody die. But did you die though? Did you die though? Like, okay, Odo fucked up, I guess. But like, you know, he just didn't ask for like a particular code. Um, who's the bigger question is why is it so easy to like hack? Listen, the system also well tread topic also, for us that security a, on the station is lax. also AI. They're yes. they're faking a voice and causing all this this ruckus, and uh, I just hope that everyone's ready for this world to like as much as it's created out of control to just fucking go nuts. When yes, there's nothing that we could see or hear that we could trust. However, the upside for you, Matthew, is that if there is an episode in the future that you don't want to talk about, just beep boop 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 boop. AI just is your is your voice. You don't have to record the episode. I haven't been here since October. <laughs> uh, AI is getting so good and so scary at the same time. Um, but yeah, station security is incredibly lax. Like, even with the beefed up security, it didn't take them... Like, the dude was able to cut off comms in the elevator, like, put his own voice through Worf's voice into it, and also just take over controls. Like, I don't know. Was that guy bad or was he just Matthew Broderick? In any of Matthew Broderick's 80s movies. Huh? Oh, like War Games are we talking about? Like or? War Games, like Ferris Bueller. Just, like, it just feels very, uh, you know, like pranky. I mean, okay, we've... I they feel like set off we a bomb need to... Or they just, just kind of like jumped in and you know i mean he was trying to kill shakar like that was the whole thing he was trying to do is kill shakar he didn't kill shakar but that's just only because he's bad at his job uh elevators need to have more safeties than that i mean this yeah. is 400 years from now they're still using an <laughs> elevator for whatever reason yeah it's basically um, a wonkovator though it'll go up like sideways slant ways like it'll go everywhere there's like four there's 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 like four uh, elevators, turbo lifts off to. The, we gotta call it lifts. something special. Yeah, off to the the side of the bridge of the Enterprise. They all go to the same places. I mean, basically. So like, there's like, I kind of appreciate that discovery in like season three. I think was like, what if we looked at how turbo lifts worked? I don't entirely uh, enjoy the execution of it because it did look like the turbo lifts were just floating around in a space that was as large as the Death Star, where Discovery is actually not quite as big right. as the Death Star. But like, because those lifts were just like wandering around well, my every thing is fucking like, which way. Is 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 sixty percent of a ship just a turbo lift corridor? Kind of. I feel like I remember seeing a schematic of like the Enterprise D and like seeing all the different turbo lift shafts, and it was just a significant amount because like you've got. Like, cause they can go down levels and then across in a given level, or it's a it's a whole. If thing. they're gonna have elevators, they should have escalators. Escalators are so fun. They, I just love. And I honestly, love them. I mean, if there was a ship that was gonna have an escalator, it would definitely be the Enterprise D. Like, you're telling me that there's not some giant chopping mall in the middle of that that ship? Yeah, actually, also, like, if DS9 was not built by Cardassians, there would be escalators on DS9. O'Brien should have put a couple in just for fun. Surprisingly, over the course of seven years, they do very little like Federation modifications to it. They're it, like, you know what? Uh, if it ain't broke, they could have gotten way more work done if they didn't. Li- if 
if they didn't let Keiko go down to Bajor. Like, if Keiko stayed on the station, <laughs> they would have gotten so much more work done around that, around that Probably place. Probably so. Like, as it is now, like, it was it was O'Brien taking three shifts in a row to stay away from his, his wife and kid. Yeah. Now that they're on Bajor, he's just in the holodecks all day. All day long. All day long. Just, like, him and Bashir just jerking each other off flying planes. Basically, yeah. Is that your joystick, or are you just happy to see me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Make left, make left, make right, make left. Make right, and we're good. (laughs) And we've landed. Um, Splash. (laughs) No. Not the sound effects. Um, Okay, so what didn't work for me in this episode was Kira being head over heels for Shakar. Like, I don't know. I feel like... We're going to talk about Odo and Kira in a second and Odo's, you know, crushing feelings for Kira. But I feel like... I don't feel like they give Kira um, believable partners. Like, Why not? They've given her the same partner so many times. It's very believable. Shakar is super believable. They've established... Like, they've been doing the work of establishing this character. But he's so boring. To you? Yes. Okay. Kira doesn't like who you like. And why I'm saying I dislike Why it. can't you give Kira her agency? This is the section of the episode where we talk about what didn't work for us. That didn't work for me. You're, But you're saying that, like, they didn't do the work to, like, show why she would be into this guy. What I'm saying is they have done the work. No, I'm not like, saying that they... Times. I'm not saying they haven't done the work. I just don't like it. All right, that's different. You like, like, I it. just... You could not like She it. has a string of boring boyfriends, and I just want more for her. Also, it is... What more for her? Do you know what she also... I want a woman for her, is what I want. <laughs> you're, so, you're so boring. <laughs> I'm boring. Yes, you're I so want boring. her to finally come out of the fucking closet. That's you, what I want. You want, to, you want her to feel the way that you feel. Why can't you let her feel the way that she feels? I want... Miles and Bashir to be in a relationship. That's you not know, how they, I feel. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be in a relationship. They should just fuck. Is what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying that, that I'm saying that they've found their perfect like frequency of the, occasional fucks in the hollow suite. No, they're like oh. of just being like they're just friends. They each have their own thing. It's good to have just friends. You can have platonic friends. Yes, you can. You could have you could have platonic, platonic friends, and that could be a very good thing. Sure. You don't have to. Th- not everybody has to fuck everybody. That's correct, and I'm not suggesting that everybody fucks everybody. I'm just saying that Miles and Bashir should fuck each other, and Kira should fuck a woman. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm saying. Kira has. I have it, very reasonable so wants. Kira has made it clear that that's not what she wants, and you won't accept that from her. I feel like the uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. She's having a great time. Is she? Yes. Kira wants to have the occasional whirlwind fuck trip. And then, and these dudes don't, don't live on the station. She's doesn't, she's not trying to have some like, you know, like cleaver beaver, like marriage. I'm not saying that. She wants to, she's a, she wants to work. She wants to do her thing. And she wants a man to have sometimes, which is what all these dudes are. All these dudes are successful, powerful status men yes. who are all generally like tall and thin, sure. and whatever, and that's her type. And she gets She's t- she really gets t- into European uh, beauty standards. She is. 
She is. She is. Yeah. She is. She's. We. What we know about Kira, post her being a radical uh, a terrorist, is she is a boring careerist. She's an administrator, and she like very she lean was, in. She yeah. was so excited to just sit there and look at criminal reports in the morning with her coffee. There's no one more basic than Kira. The thing about Kira that's like in her like '90s womanness. She's like, I want to have my work, and then I want to have a man here and there. There you go. Let her have her thing. It's working for her. Uh-huh. I don't know if things are going to end well for her and Chakar. It does, because that means she gets to move on. She Like, how many... Like, and then who does she move on to, though? I mean, are we going to... I mean, I don't know. She, listen, she's got a future of, like, another... 50 like CFOs and like she's getting, like <laughs> listen I'm saying I just want better for her that's, that's what all. she wants and I don't and think people I don't think and there's a lot of people so that tell, want mediocre that um you're gonna tell people that you want to send them to um a sexual orientation therapy that's what you want for Kira did I say that you want her to be with a woman when she doesn't want to be we don't know that She's made it clear like multiple times. We've been through all these episodes. She's bisexual at best. <laughs> you can still be bisexual. She are has, you trying to are you trying to say that has, bisexual don't exist? Are you into bi erasure, Matthew? Oh my god. She gonna has, take away your feminist ally cookie. She has made it clear what she's into, and you're like, no, I want that to be I want you to change that because of what I think is best. I would just like to and see her broaden her horizons. Bringing, I think that you're bringing um, some some bad logics to this. By saying that I want her to broaden her horizons? By you saying that you want her to be with a woman, but maybe that's not what she wants. Let's ask her. She's been in this situation a bunch of times. We've we've been over this where you've been crushed a couple times where your little fantasies like meet the, the text. I think that we only get seven seasons of this show, and I would have loved to see a season eight. And who knows uh, who Kara would have ended up with in yeah, season she eight. She would have ended up with, with six Davo girls, probably. I, I would love to see it. Good for her. Okay. <laughs> what didn't work for you in this episode? This The previous 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the episode of DS9? The episode of DS9, not, not the episode of this podcast. Okay. You want to go back to talking about Grand Design some more? <laughs> Did you see the one that the guy was trying to make a house that was inspired by the Ferris Bueller's Day? Like <laughs> yes, the house I where did. the... Yeah, 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 okay. I did. And that also didn't work out well for him because he was trying to like do something on like a shoestring I, I watched budget. this one that was like a really old one from 2004 and it was like Grand Designs Abroad and it was this, this couple who were in their maybe 50, late 50s and they bought a castle in um, Sicily incredible it's, they were trying to like rebuild it and they like this dude collected all the stones from this thing and they like went to all the like neighbor neighbors who had like you know kind of commandeered different things from the castle over time and it's just him like being super pissed about Italy's uh, like heritage site type rules and then it was just like 20 minutes of him and his Italian architect fighting over like wanting to make it look like it was from like 1490 and wanting to make it 
look like it's you know current sure it was good times no that's good times uh so apart from that what didn't work for you in this episode of deep space nine star trek crushes okay let's talk about it star trek crushes are almost always bad um they always feel sad (laughs) what okay continue they make me so bad (laughs) um no, they like these things are all, um, you know, people talk about simping, talk about, um, you know, like everybody, everybody, like nobody could be a normal person when they're like approaching somebody. Either it's like Kirk swaggering through and just like taking, or um, it's like people be like, oh, oh, my, oh my god um, I, I think I like this person and I don't know what to do and like, it's all freaking out all these like accomplished like uniformed people are all just like crying bawling throwing up thinking about talking to somebody and you know I think about Jordy uh, I, I was think, I, I thought you're gonna you're gonna bring him up and I was just like dreading it I th- because talk about the worst example of Star Trek crushes and here's the thing I think that this is this is all makes a lot of sense when you remember that that all these episodes are being written by incels. Wheel, uh, wheel. <laughs> we've talked, we've already talked before at length about how that that one Jordy episode where he's like you know masturbating at best to this hol- to a hologram of a real person at best. <laughs> And then the person comes on board and then finds, She's like, uh, then I don't finds like this. this soggy hologram and is like, what the fuck? And then Jordy's like, how dare you? How right. dare you, like, t- comment on my spank bank? Like, what? Like, who do you yeah. think you are? And then she apologizes. And then she apologizes. As she for should it. have. And I'm just thinking about, again, the writers of these episodes and how they're all just like projecting their own fear of talking to an attractive person even though they they got a job they got a job in Hollywood what, what's your problem but um yeah it's very it's down bad it's not people getting rejected it's people not even being able to like get the words out of their mouth to say anything yeah and it seems like I'm trying to figure out like what exactly is the point like what is the message of like oh look at this we have all this advanced technology but sometimes humans can't uh, figure out their emotions in the future is that like it or is it literally just incels like I mean also I mean it it obviously it very much is that because you know Dax and the spots go all the way down like that's the writer's wet dream like it's like very that's, explicit, that's someone with like you know? 18 hentai tabs open on his laptop right now. Oh, for sure. Like, when I was... I, I recently rewatched the sequel, Star Wars sequel trilogy, which I know, that was a choice that I made, and it was not exactly a good one, but that's on me. But when I was watching The Force Awakens, like, I couldn't help but think about which of the writers, like, Ray, like what part of Rey is which writer's fantasy, because, like, there's a certain amount where she's just, like literally wearing white she's in this innocent person that you know looks after animals and uh you know is still somehow capable but then you've got harrison ford that's like wanting to mentor her and then you've got finn that's wanting to fuck her like it's this weird kind of thing of like it's this idealized version of a woman but it's rooted in like childlike innocence because she's just constantly waiting for her parents to come home so it's like 
they're kind of writing her as someone that's like somewhat stunted, you know, in yeah. terms of development. And that's the ideal version of a woman in this movie, I guess. We don't talk we don't talk enough about uh about the virginal sexy like Luke Skywalker with like the hair whipped over the face. Yes. Also wearing well, all mean, white. Also yes. waiting for parents to come home. Who yes. It's complicated. Complicated. Uh, but like, there's also like that one uh, poster where it's like him with the holding the, the lightsaber the shirt open, aloft like, and aloft. with a shirt open. Yeah, the titties <laughs> with, out. With, yeah, with pecs that have never existed on Mark Hamill. <laughs> never. Not even an AI to those pecs exist on Mark Hamill. <laughs> like, like, Buddy would have to perfect push up for like six months. Yeah, uh, insane. Which yeah, I don't think. But yeah, before. no. I mean, like, definitely. You know, so much of. You know, a lot of Star Trek characters are very much just, you know, the writer's wet dreams. I mean, you got it, you got it bad <laughs> when you're all alone. Yeah. So, up, call right back. <laughs> so, Odo's crush on Kira, we're not exactly a fan of. Mainly, it's just in how, like, bumbling and, like, just inept this man is the how entire is, time. How has Buddy got, like, the crush of a 13 year old? Um, when he's not a, like you always talk about solids and they're silly blah blah blahs and it's like the, the show for seasons went out of its way to show how alien and separate Odo is and I guess their way to integrate Odo is by having Odo like fall in love with this woman which again Odo like shouldn't be gendered at all anyway like it doesn't like cause it's just like liquid goo it doesn't make like so. so it, it, well, like, he just, I mean, like, he, like assumes shapes, which like put that aside. Like I don't want to like we don't you know just like it's just I'm just saying like there's a there's a whole they, like list. changelings are literally gender fluid, genderless <laughs> fluid technically, yes. but they're anyways. they're literally just fluid. Like yeah, they're literal fluid. And, She's Barbie. <laughs> he's just fluid. <laughs> <laughs> and and then like okay, like he's in love with Kira and um. I don't know. Like, sure. Like, there's there's three women on the on the ship. You're gonna be in love with. Like he he decided like everyone's in love yeah. with with Dax. So let me just like cut let over me branch out. Let me let me zag where everybody zigged. <laughs> there's a there's an underappreciated asset over here that he can that he can move to. Yeah. But um yeah, it just like it feels weird and you just kind of jump into the episode and he's like, oh, let me set this up, right? Let me do this. Let me set this. And it's just like, who is this person? Isn't this the grumpy uh, goo sheriff? Like, what do we, I don't, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, like, there's a certain extent where, you know, there is something charming about, like, the grumpy old man that, like, has a heart, you know, like, I mean, you know, in the movie Up, uh, the old man is, like, super fucking crotchety. But then, you know, if you bring up his dead wife, like, all of a sudden he turns into a fucking puddle. Or even, like, Rick and Casablanca. I I know. But, like, even, like, Rick and Casablanca, where the entire movie he's just like, you know, fuck off. I don't want to talk about love. But then it's like, you know, uh, Sam plays the song and all of a sudden, fuck, Paris. Oh, my God. Emotions. Oh, what a what a great character! I I feel Rick. Well, of course you do. <laughs> I don't have I don't have a song that'll do that to me, but I got the first part. 
I I definitely I need to smoke more cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like for whatever reason, like my favorite characters are always Claude Rains, and then like the guy that has a face that doesn't look like it should be a real face, but it is his face. You know that guy? The In Casablanca? Yeah, the like the guy that's got like the weird kind of voice that he was like the criminal Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah. He just has a an, yeah. an all-looking face. Like, I wanted to say Igor from Frankenstein, but, like, that's tough. cruel. That's <laughs> right, tough. exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, yeah, I mean, like, there is something charming about the Hardens, you know, sheriff having a heart of gold or whatever. But it's just, like, it's one thing to, like, for the Harden sheriff to have a heart of gold. It's another for him to just be as down bad as he is in this episode and to be just like kind of worthless over the course I guess, of it. Like the charitable explanation is, is that he he is like a thirteen year old boy. Right. Like first crush I mean, because I don't he's never had a crush before and he it, doesn't know what to do with it. Right. He's, he's like emotions are crippling and blah blah blah. Um and I'm pretty sure he was only found like a decade ago. So like he kind of is basically a teenager in development. Well, I mean, I don't know how quickly they develop. It's going to develop pretty quick. Um, I mean, maybe. But, like, he's, I mean, visually... You got to your goo. He's only, he's, he modeled himself after, like, the scientists that found him. So it's not necessarily that he's as old as, you know, René Aubergenois, but anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. They have, they want to have a, a person who's, like literally fluid and they're like hey can we get a seven year old to play this right exactly i mean you know this <laughs> look, entire look time smooth, look natural this entire time i've wanted queer representation in star trek and technically this genderless fuck is just anyone that he's in a relationship with or attracted to like it's kind of inherently queer just because it's oh, not you know heterosexual there you go yeah i know i finally did it i got my thing you um everything you ever wanted it turns out it was an odo all along <laughs> Turns, yeah, those are the friends we met all, along the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, of course, like he's very much depicted as as a straight man, and you know that's how it is. But oh well, um, it's interesting how this episode is like flirting or like teasing the idea that two primary cast members are going to potentially end up in a relationship together, or at least one of them has feelings for another. And there's only, like, so many examples of this in Star Trek. Like, in TOS, like, Kirk was, you know, flirting and romancing women all over the galaxy, but less so, like, being in a relationship with someone in his crew. I think, like, the first time that we get an example of that is in TNG, where you've got Riker and Deanna, but even then, they're not really in a relationship. relationship. It's a past relationship, and, like, it hints towards the future. And, like, there are times where they're a little bit closer and then a little bit more distanced, but I think the Riker Troy one was, I want to say, one of the better ones, the best one. Except there, there was like random, they get like jealous of each other, like, which is real, that stuff happens. But sometimes it gets to like, like the way that jealousy could be depicted in the, in the early 90s could be pretty tough. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, like less jealousy, more possessiveness and stuff. Right. And that's like, you know, one of the things, like one of the truths that people don't think about, like when it comes to open relationships and polyamorous relationships, is that people in those relationships can still get jealous. It's not that jealousy never happens. It's about how you actually handle the jealousy and like how you like work through it. 
Riker and Troy just didn't exactly work through it in a in a well modeled way. Not that they were in an open or polyamorous relationship over the course of the series, but just using it as an example. Skipping over DS9, so I'm not going to necessarily reveal future relationship pairings, but we get Tom Paris and Bellana on Voyager. Boring, boring. <clears throat> boring, boring. Seven and Chicote for a few episodes just because Robert Beltran wanted to kiss the hot actress. That's literally the 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 only reason that Seven and Chicote were ever a thing, which is not ideal. Um, and then later in Picard, Seven and Rafi, who are off and on, and then just like Did it, that that never made a lick of sense. I'm sorry, but them being together never made it. No, you're you're not wrong. What's also interesting is that like with all that's these other pan, couples, that's some pandering shit. I mean, yeah, it was with all these other couples. Like we see the flirtation, like we see the seeds of the relationship. Whereas with Seven and Rafi, they're just holding hands randomly in the last episode of season one. You of did this. You were the one that was like, "Oh, seven, Seven's so gay and blah blah blah." And I'm like, Seven's a machine." Ah, uh, I think that she is. You, 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 yeah, they listen to the fans. If there was anything that Picard did, it was like whatever they saw online that people wanted, they put in, and it made it haphazard. Than people for were like, better or for and worse, then people were like, "This is bad." So then they changed it from what the people online said. Then the people online said something else, so they did that, and then other people online were that were, said that was bad, and they had no idea what to do. Picard seasons one through three and the rise of Skywalker are cautionary tales where maybe you shouldn't let the audience write your 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 properties well you know they it turns out that the sci-fi fantasy fan base are rabid animals and not great writers <laughs> also that i say is, that which, as someone that currently has a short story in a in a sci-fi publication not this month <laughs> not all of us are great writers well thank you that, thank you that you you said it and i didn't have to you're welcome um <laughs> and then uh we get hot doctor and stamets in discovery Made no sense hot doctor and stamets yeah oh just that like they're two personalities <laughs> it's like, like they're, an two, they're two personalities and one is like 10 points hotter than the other one only 10 sorry on a, sorry I'm, talk, I'm on a scale you know, of 10. anthony rap but on, on a scale of 10 one was 10 points higher and okay anthony rap's not a one but in relation wilson cruz is in, above in a, relation, 10. Okay, <laughs> a 10 there's as much distance between there as it could be i'm yeah. sorry you're you, you are uh you're a space station seven but and when you're next, to, when you're next to Hot Doctor, you're you're just a one. Like I, I'm just having random flashes of Wilson Cruz being on Noah's Ark come through my head. God, has that man just been gorgeous his entire life? It's insane. Yeah, that that relationship made no sense. Not personality, not like the disposition, and again the attractiveness, what they're into, no sense. I mean, okay, but I'm, how I'm many countless how many countless cishet relationships where you've got the woman who is literally Barbie, you could be and then the man is just too. like in but fucking th- cargo shorts, and, you know? You can't say like, "Hey, this thing is ridiculous." Well, what about this other ridiculous thing? Okay, but I'm saying it's a thing that actually happens. Um, yeah, there's there's particular dynamics that lead to that. There's like context around how that happens. Okay, fair enough. That you're trying to avoid out here. Yes. Okay. There are other examples of, you know, relationship pairings. You've got Burnham and the weird Clayon dude and then Booker later on. Uh, Lower Decks, we've got relationships, but it's it's surprisingly not actually a common thing where you've got you missed one. crew members. Who? Troy. And Worf. 
Hey! Let's go! <laughs> and like, again, the last two episodes of a season or of the series no, just they, randomly they had, throwing into a relationship. Ran, no, they had, uh, they were buried in um, that one where Worf was coming back with the trophy. In an alternate universe, one of, sure. One of the great episodes of Star oh, Trek. Even incredible. Even though Worf and Deanna make no sense together. Oh, they, uh, well, they, make, they make some sense. He, uh... She's a counselor. Yeah. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of emotions that she feels the emotions. He you know? he has. He definitely has some thing for th- women with dark hair. I think there's some. I think there's some heat within. That, you know, maybe you can you can feel. But anyways, I feel like yeah, have having intimacy with an empath is, you know, I don't think it's necessarily better for you, but I think it is good for them. Like I think that they're having a good time. And why shouldn't Troy have a good time? I love that for her. I didn't say anything. Yeah, I know. The, yeah. Okay. Of course, I want everyone to have a great time. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk more you about who, orphan you know relationships you know later on had in a the great series. Time? Who? Kira Chakar. You saw them walking out of those rooms. Okay, so I'm gonna. Okay, I'm just gonna talk about it right now. I just want to talk about Kira's it right now. Got a big old smile on her face. <laughs> High five and Odo on the way out. Finger guns. <laughs> you got lucky last night. <laughs> After giving him the world's most uncomfortable friend hug. Yeah. Um, but I I need to talk about Kira. Like I'm very supportive of her having sex. Very supportive of her um, having a good time with this man. I need her to not be like such in a cloud of like you know, porous or orgasmic bliss for her to like, she put her boots up on her couch when what, she was like curled up on the couch, like talking about your car. What would make her boots dirty? That's the question is, are they house boots? No, the, everything's a house boot. What are you tracking in from out? There is no outside. What about in the holodeck or the hall suite? Th- that's not, there's nothing real in there. Sometimes stuff comes out though. Okay. In the so, first okay. episode that we see the holo- right. Right, on the right, holodeck right, right. on the that, Enterprise D, you, wear, fucking Wesley Crusher throws an ice like a, an ice yeah, ball. An ice hits, ball? I'm clearly from California that I just called it an ice ball, not a snowball. Um, that it hits Picard. So things snowball do exit. From hell. It's got a snowball's chance at hell. <laughs> um, so things do come out, but like, are I mean, if the filter systems are that fucking good on DS9, I'll retract the statement. They I are. just saw the boots on the couch and I just cringed. Um, I think that there's effective means of cleaning, and it get you know they just have sonic cleaners. They just clean so the future just sonic. has everything, and we're fucked right yeah. now. Damn, their future has things. Um, and again, it's your, but not our future. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be. <laughs> future what are you talking about um no like for whatever future species uh is able to live in a post climate change crisis world i'm just saying that your boots aren't getting muddy when the only thing outside is a vacuum of space okay all right fair enough i'll retract my statement i'll come down um should we get to talking about our favorite scenes in this episode sure. okay uh the favorite scene that i had uh was just the scenes that we get with odo and quark um like we talked about a little bit before that like their relationship is just so much fun to watch and it's very um you know as we said Casablanca like you know this is has the beginnings of a beautiful friendship whatever but usually I'm very much the person that's like express your feelings like be honest with each other be open but there is still something like very charming and Quark and Odo like talking about a thing but not talking about a thing but they both know the thing that they're actually talking about you know and like keeping a certain amount of distance because like 
I think it's specifically the nature of relationship between like cop and criminal that you can't like full like it's like the whole like I'm not saying I'm admitting to a crime, but like literally OJ, if I did do it, like this is how I would do it, you know? That kind of thing of like, I'm not saying I did it, but if I did do it. If I did care about you as a, as a person. This is how I would do it. Yeah. And it's, there is definitely something charming about it. Like, yes, you know, you fellas, that, please you share that, your emotions um, with each other, but. You know, there's something like charming and good storytelling about writing with subtext and not just saying the feelings this is what i'm feeling right now and this is how this makes me feel and instead like making it to where the viewer knows and is able to pull pull that from itself and maybe the discovery writers should watch this i think that's the time and place for both (laughs) Um, that's what the ship is about to explode i'm on the bridge when it should be doing things but i want to tell you about better help better help (laughs) Betterhelp.com helped me realize that I have these issues. They go back to my childhood. Listen. Sometimes I'm made uncomfortable by blah, blah, blah. Will you fucking press the button? Will you do your job before we all die? Listen, you and I have disagreed on a lot of things about Discovery. On that episode, we both agree that that was dumb as fuck. We both agree about that. Listen, if you're going to talk about your feelings, do it off the clock. That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. To do it off the clock, yeah, because that way I don't have to hear this shit. I can't, like like we're not friends like that. I don't. I can't carry everyone's emotional or, burdens from work. Or do your thing with your friends. Or just keep it quick. Say I love you. I know. Just keep it quick. You know. They, yeah, they they didn't have a punch in punch out job like these people do. No, truly not. Um, but yeah. Anyways, the Odo and Quirk stuff is just it's just very charming. It's very fun, and it's also. Um, kind of like it's it's a really really satisfying evolution and growth of the relationship of these characters and it's one of the um joys of having a show that has you know i know we're never going to get 24 episode seasons again but there's something to be said about we have spent, you know, however many episodes now with these characters and these characters have spent so many episodes together that when we get to this point of them having this relationship with each other, it makes sense. Like we've seen the growth, we've seen the development, we've seen the ups and downs um, and it makes sense. It's it all, lands. It's earned it by this. It's by this earned. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's harder to do that. It's not impossible, but it is a little bit harder to do it in a 13-episode season, especially when in 13-episode seasons, we don't really get to spend time on these types of storylines, on these type of character developments, because typically 13-episode seasons, at least when it comes to like action shows, are about driving from point A to point B. It's, it's, they're all plot-driven. Right. And as like, opposed to character... Right. And like, yeah. you know, we, we this is the time where I mentioned Mad Men. Like, Mad Men is rarely having like like they don't have season arcs except for like season seven, kind of like has an arc of like And it was you know one of the lesser like it's maybe the least successful. Right, exactly. Which, you know yeah. yeah. And so like when we see character development across seasons and across this this the show, we're like, Oh yeah, this makes sense because we've spent time going down the different rabbit holes of all these characters lives but if the entire season we're trying to be like you know figure out 
what is the burn or figure out how the Klingon war started or whatever, while there can be entertainment along the way, we sacrifice some of these, you know, beautiful character moments between characters that aren't even like the leads of the show. I mean, like arguably Odo's probably before Wolf, Wolf shows up, probably like, you know, third lead or whatever, but mm-hmm. still, you know. No, the other thing that it, the shorter seasons does is it limits just like just the time constraint limits how much you could do but with how many different characters right and that's one of the difficulties i think with like a discovery where they're like oh we got to get like we got to get this person involved and this person involved and this person involved and what, what about these people and then it's like well why haven't you brought these made these people more involved like okay well we got to do that but it's like there's only so much runtime that there is and you can't just have hang out with all of them whereas yeah with this it's like because we're not driving nothing needs to connect from one episode to the to the next and if they do it's one episode to one episode it's not like you know we have to connect 13 episodes all together you, whatever the ace that whatever the a plot is is just as meaningless as the c plot because like we're gonna reset this in a week anyway yeah which which means that you can give multiple people a spotlight or if you didn't get a spotlight this episode there's there's you know 25 more of them things yeah we got a lot more you're gonna get one yeah and so you can have a cast that's this large but even you know you talked about the awkwardness of integrating Worf into the cast is even adding just like the one additional character after three seasons disrupts the rhythm and the flow and the timing and people lose screen time and it and it's like awkward and that's just increasing you know one person into this but you know we have we have stuff for jake we have stuff for nog we have stuff for garrick we have stuff for like all these characters who aren't main cast characters but who we ducat's ducat's little homie like we get to know all these people over the course of this because there's with 170 episodes you know like you can you can do that you can have this really large cast and a deep bench in that way yeah exactly it's <sighs> anyways tv won't ever be the same and, no i think i think that like if we're if you're gonna do the 13 i think 13 episode seasons can be really good there's a ton of great 13 episode television i think 10 is tough i think 13 is like a really good number 13 14 episodes but what it means is that you you can't do you can't do everything and you have to like that means you have to focus in more and that's where like you want to say all these different things all these different things are important to you you want to get across all these messages and yada yada like you gotta you gotta leave stuff on the floor or you have to hint at things and you can't like you can't go too deep into everything. You have to leave some characters as just tertiary, and that's where they stay, and it's just, and that's fine. That's okay. You just have to be more focused, and it has felt like with Discovery, especially, it's always the one that I'm beating up on because it's um, the only one that you've actually watched. I watched Picard. Okay, I saw Picard. I saw an episode of Strange New Worlds. <laughs> on episode. On episode. Um, Picard was a mess for a number of reasons but like unfortunately mostly for because of Patrick Stewart <laughs> yeah well well you know. 
He's he's knighted, you know. What can you say? Apparently, you can't say no. <laughs> Listen, tell me you're not going to watch that movie if they make it. But again, okay, we texted each other about it. I watch a lot of bad movies. I know that's why. That's why. That's why. I know, like when you want to complain about uh, Picard, I don't want to hear it because I know how many shit Marvel things you've watched. <laughs> yeah, I've watched a lot, and I'm just like. If they're if you're not if you're watching IP, then you can't have what you want. Like it's gonna be nostalgia driven. It's gonna be like like that's just the that's just the nature of the beast. It's just what it is. I just I, I why I mean like I know the answer, but like but what if all IP was Andor? You know, like what if the, we just they, had... the IP that was an accident, and they're gonna they're not gonna do that again. I know it sucks. They're not gonna like that. That was something. That was the that was the uh, exception that the, the rule. Literally, the Disney executives are like, you know what? That's on us. We took our eye off the ball. We're not going to let this happen again. No, like literally, actually, that's what yeah, it that's is. Literally, literally what happened. What it is. Yeah. Just like with the with the Star Trek stuff, like they're just flailing around. They're not as competent as the Star Wars people. Well, they don't have as much. Fun well, as again, and like I, I mean, you know, the, my high horse is that the animated shows are the best parts of current era Star Trek. Same as the animated shows with the exception of Andor, are the best part of Star Wars. I think that, like, because both studios don't care as much about the animated properties, they're just like, do whatever the fuck you want, and we get weird, um, uns- like, surprising, unexpected stuff that explores the reaches of what Star Wars and Star Trek can be. I'm going to say another thing that you may not like. What? Those the shows that are made for kids, yes, are better because Star Wars and Star Trek are juvenile properties. Yeah, I, I agree like with that. Like they're like I know. Like part of part of the problems that we're having is that we're adults trying to interact with the stuff. Oh, for that's sure. Really made for kids yes. and adolescents. Yeah. Oh no no I'm I'm fully aware. You know I'm I'm so, aware. I know. <laughs> And like it depre- like that's what like what's frustrated to me with all of this is like almost all uh, this is I mean we're off on a tangent but like everything yeah. is everything is for kids like all of our popular media is young adult stuff it's like Hunger Games stuff it's Harry Potter stuff it's Lord of the Rings stuff it's Star Trek stuff it's Star Wars stuff it's it's cartoons, superheroes, and capes. Like, there's a, like those waters can only go so deep. Yes. And and we're just reproducing. Like, remember when you were a kid and you liked this? Like, what if right. you never graduated and grew up? Yeah. And and like all of popular culture is just like Neverland. And uh, you know, I think that there's uh, I think that there's negative effects of that. Quite possibly, yes. All right, let's keep talking about this uh, Star Trek. Uh, this juvenile Star Trek episode. Uh, what was your favorite scene? <clears throat> My favorite scene was the one where Worf and Odo were just synergizing over, like, security protocols. And being antisocial and OCD and as fuck. And being antisocial would just be like, um, and just, like, one-upping each other on how antisocial Hey, you know how people suck? Yeah. And you know how you want to be away from people all the time? Yeah. Wait, are we besties now? He was like, um, hey, uh, I only had one person over. Like, only one person came up my quarters in the last month. 
Oh, I had zero people come over. Well, I had like negative one come over. Yeah. Well, I had negative two come over. Like, well, I killed a man who walks by my apartment. You know, like they're just they're just going on about how uh, much they're like, yeah, all I care about is efficiencies and order and uh, protocols and regulations and being a cop. Yeah, we'll get we'll get back to that. Oh, okay. I got got something on that. No, I mean like that. That scene was like it was legitimately funny and charming. Like in part because like Worf, like Michael Dorn is like a low key, like a really really good comedic actor because he never plays it for comedy. Like he's just plays it straight. Yeah, Yeah, great straight man. And whenever like a show, whether it's TNG, Picard, DS9, like keys into who Worf is, it's so fucking good. You know, it's like nice house or good tea, nice house. Like just like bland, like straight, dry humor, but also him being like, yes yes I do like this and I don't know there was just something about that scene that Michael Dorn was just like doing such a great job with that scene yeah no he's like very much a remove the thing that I identify with and respect about Worf is that he's just like I'm not letting these white people know who I really am right exactly he's just like I'm gonna give you like I'm only giving you like the the thing that I'm supposed to say I'm not giving like you're not gonna be reading into anything Worf Never is, let them know your Worf, next move. Worf is the way that I am with my in-laws. Well. <laughs> Where I'm like, I'm not, like, you are not going to know anything more about me after this weekend that I'm spending in your house than you did before. I got okay, Don Draper. <laughs> uh, Identify uh, with him, too. <laughs> it turns out that maybe uh, all those shows about sociopaths that where I'm like, yeah, I get that. I feel that. I don't know. Maybe there's some questions that I need to ask in my next BetterHelp session. Turns out you and half the men that watched uh, both of those shows. Um, which character had a good I like episode you're not this a week? Sociopath. Huh? Huh? What? Who? Okay. Which character had a good episode this week? Worf had a great episode yeah. because when Worf got in the station and was like, "Yo, Odo, what the fuck are you doing here? You've got no order." And Odo's like, "Well, I'm a like I'm an artist, you know, like with my with my policing." And, you know, Cisco had to be like, Worf, you got to, like, chill out, let Odo do his thing, let Odo cook. And in this episode, Odo's just a fucking mess. And, Odo, and Worf's like, hey, baby, don't even worry about it. I got, I got this yeah. covered. Like, hey, why don't you go cry about it in your room with your little with your little troll friend? By the way, your deputies, <laughs> very helpful. Uh, <laughs> don't tell me that. Props don't, to the chef. Fuck that. Like... I would be, I'd be so heated if I was Oda, but Oda's head spinning so hard he can't even tell. Yeah, he he can't figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> um, Quark had a good episode for me this uh, this week. I, you know, he he got to like be a good friend, mm-hmm. but also not have to admit that he's being a good friend. And he got soundproofing, so he doesn't even have to hear Oda anymore. And, like, it's just he won, and he's like he got he's got something on Oda now. I can tell That's you that Odo does not want anyone to know how he feels. Of course not. And if there's anyone on that station that he wants to not know how he feels, Quirk. it's Quark. Yeah. Uh, Quark, like Odo, <laughs> Odo would tell Kira how he feels before Quark, and we know that he won't tell Kira how he feels. Exactly. Uh, we both had the same character as needing a redo this week. I mean, it's... You got it. You got it bad. <laughs> very obviously sad boy Odo. Uh, just super super rough this week I just he's just looking out the window there's rain beating against it yeah 
Elliot Smith is playing. <laughs> no. The this show definitely suffers from the fact that it's set in space because they couldn't have Odo facing uh, a rain drenched window every fucking scene in this episode. I'm just like picturing uh that bus meme where like Kira's looking out the window, smiling, having a great time. Right, exactly. And Odo's looking out all sad. Odo's such a fucking sad boy that he walked up and was like hey um to the centuries he's like hey let me let me replace you with the door he's like no i'm still on duty he's like no it's and, this, and, this, and the, the, the little instance like you know they're fucking in there right he's like that's exactly why i am relieving you of duty Odo just like sits against the door listening to them fuck because we know that there's there's no soundproof in these walls been, it's been very well established in this <laughs> like, episode you can hear right through yeah. these things and he's just listening to them have sweet sweet sex yes for 30 to 40 minutes at least fifth a good like 20 minutes of foreplay yeah. they're having a great there's yeah. candles lit we know how kira gets down she's wearing some crazy you know shikar's not saying anything just like which is away. for the best you know and odo's listening to all of that yeah and then has to like open the door they walk out again kira smiles high fives like hits, yeah smacks him on the butt hey good game bro you know like Uh, and Oda's just sitting there crying the other I just I want to see like a POV from the other security officer who who was there with Odo just like why is the watching Odo cuck himself (laughs) why is he why is he sitting there crying what's he doing with his pants yeah anyways uh let's get into some straight thoughts uh speaking of sex I love the idea of exhibitionist on DS9. In the first scene, we've got... I don't love their there's relationship ch- dynamics. There. I don't love their relationship dynamics because, you know, there was, like, physical violence. Like, literally physical violence. Domestic assault. Um, but it's also, like, they're just, like... Their makeup sex game is insane, apparently. Yeah. Like, yes, there are children there. I'm just going to assume that it was after hours with, uh, when the children were in bed. Oh... Worf and uh, you know who like there was some physical stuff in that relationship. There's a thing where it's <laughs> consensually physical though. I don't know. You know, Odo might just be a hater. Maybe, maybe, maybe they have no problems at all. Maybe they're Klingons. We don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I I love Kira's dress uniform. Like anytime it shows up, yeah. I just continue to love it. It's just top tier. Uh, I love that Kira and Chakar kind of had like a one up on each other of like well you could command this entire station well you could command an entire fleet like flirting by talking about how powerful they both are uh, <laughs> yeah I do that too <laughs> <laughs> what sorry okay um, and then lastly for me do you have anything else uh, the, the the Kira friend hug was just brutal as fuck devastating yeah it's like oh aren't you so happy for me that I had sex she she knew right like she does she I don't know? know i feel like at the end after the hug and after they talk she's like something's going on here i don't know what but i'm gonna have to figure it out like i think that she definitely is like aware something is going on she just isn't fully i feel like if she were not in like a brain fog like a post-sex brain fog maybe she'd figure it out but like when you've just had sex do you really care about like anything by the the end of the episode right when he like canceled all their meetings together 
and was just I like, don't know if she fully knew though. And she was just, and he was like, yeah, um, sorry, like, we can't ever see each other again. Also, I got rid of the belt that you like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, maybe we'll talk about it next week when Kara's hanging out with Dukat in next week's episode Return to Grace. Uh, I remember absolutely zero, uh, zero things about this episode. So I don't really know how to preview it other than uh, Kira and Dukat are hanging out. And that's Next about week, it. Same bad time, same bad channel. Same bad channel. I, I think that there's a, a Cardassian conference about the Dominion. Uh, there's the Klingon Raider. Uh, I think we get to Mar oh, showing up. Get, that's when they get their bird of prey. Oh, is that what it is? It might be. I don't know. Uh, we get Zial for whatever reason Ugh. showing up. Uh, we want to talk about boring. Wow. Well, there's bring, there's bring other ba- things that we're going to talk about. There's other things we're going to talk about with Zial that. Uh, That's not this episode, is it? Oh, I hope I don't think Garrick is in this episode. Okay. Um, but yeah, when we get to get to that, I'm just gonna. <sighs> You're gonna so be crying, screaming, throwing up at that that one. Yeah, I'm gonna have a Odo breakdown. Yeah. yeah, probably. Uh, all right, it's time for us to release Docking Clamps and pilot our tough little ship away from Terracor. If you like our show, we'd appreciate you giving it a five-star rating and a glowing review. Thank you all for listening. We hope you join us next week. But until then, walk with a prophet's child. Mm-hmm.